Hey, this is Kim Davis and a very special edition of DMN One on One coming live from Inbound 2019 in Boston, uh, the big HubSpot conference. And I have with me as my guest, Scott Brinker. He's HubSpot's VP for Platform Ecosystem, but also known to all of you as Chief Martech in person. Hello, Scott. Hi, Kim. Great to be here with you. Uh, always good to talk to you about these things. And we're going to have a ramble around the marketing tech space and see what we can find. And just to kick it off, one of the things I'm now hearing from every one of the big players in this space is talk about an open ecosystem. And I'll give you one, one example. Um, company which recently launched itself, Acoustic, in a sense a new company, but actually a kind of putting together of all the old IBM marketing tech, which IBM didn't want anymore. But one of its main selling points is being an open ecosystem, hearing it everywhere. What's, what's the significance of this? Yeah, I think the, the the context of this is, you know, if we just go back a number of years, you know, when we first started tackling marketing in the digital world, I think there was this vision of like, oh, well, we can just have a suite that does everything someone's going to need in marketing. Because historically in software, that's how we'd solve, you know, large departmental challenges. Just, okay, ultimately you get one suite and does everything you need. Um, and so for a while, that was kind of the strategy that you saw all the major players in this space taking. But then there's this crazy MarTech landscape that, you know, when it initially started to grow and expand, I think people really did consider it. I mean, to be honest, even I considered it a bit of an anomaly. Like, okay, well, this is just, I mean, yeah. weird. This isn't going to continue. Um, and then, like, year over year, it just kept growing. And the specialization of, like, different use cases and, you know, new consumer innovations that then, you know, inspired some other entrepreneur to create some other niche app for marketing to, you know, reach influencers in this way. You know, I think finally a few years ago, everyone, you know, slightly different speeds, but everyone kind of came to the conclusion of like, okay, it's impossible for one company to do this all. And instead of treating that crazy explosion of 7,000 different MarTech companies as, as a bug, as a problem, oh my goodness, we <laughs> got to get rid of this. Is there a way to turn this on its head and make it make it a benefit, make it a feature? And can the major platforms take on that role of saying, all right, you know, instead of trying to necessarily replace all of those things, how do we open up our platform so that when a customer wants to plug in one of these more specific apps for whatever reason, that we actually help those things work together. Yeah. Um, and now, yeah, you've seen, uh, you know, I mean, this is why I joined HubSpot uh, with very much that mission here. Uh, but yeah, you uh, see it across pretty much all of the major marketing clouds at this point. It's like platform ecosystem. Let's. Yeah, it's a big change of tune because it's only a few years ago I remember Oracle executives standing on stage at Oracle World and saying, yeah, a couple of years' time, there'll only be one of us left standing and we'll run everything. And You're getting that sentiment from all the big players at the beginning. We've basically got to win the market and we'll run everything for you, but no longer. Yeah, and again, you know, it's, uh, we know marketing very well, so we see the cases here. But the truth is, this isn't just a marketing phenomenon, is, you know, the shift to the cloud and open source software and you know microservices and like the whole world of software has just changed to the point now where it's just so easy for anyone to create you know a unique little piece of software that does something and you can connect these things in the cloud over APIs that just the world of these big monolithic software solutions it's just we've we've moved beyond that yeah. and i think now it's just finally okay the the major businesses in the space are realizing 
given this new environment, you know, how to really uh, serve our customers well. And this is a big difference, isn't it, between software and many other products that in order to start up some, some new software brand, you don't need to build a factory, have a supply chain, have trucks to deliver it. I mean, it you can do it in your back room. Yeah, so uh, I'll, I'll give you actually a great example. So um, in, in the HubSpot ecosystem, uh, you know, we've had a number of partners for years who I would say are you know, major SaaS companies. You know, they're well-funded, they're Series A, Series B, and so natural partners for HubSpot. What's been interesting over the past year is as we've really started to open up the ecosystem more, we're finding more and more of these like entrepreneurs who like focus in on something really specific. So just one example, I had uh, two CPAs who they spent so much of their time wrestling with clients trying to reconcile projections in CRMs for sales forecasts right. and what the actual counting systems, you know, were saying. And they're like, finally, like, wait a second. Like, there's an opportunity to do this. So they created a company, Quarter One, these two CPAs. Uh, they initially built it for the HubSpot ecosystem, but, you know, it synchronizes the data between the CRM, uh, uh, looks into the accounting system, now allows you to get both not only much more accurate sales forecasts, but also allows them to identify, oh, when there's problems of, you know, accounts that are becoming delinquent in payments and, you know, how that gets related back to how the salespeople are engaging. And it's this sort of, you know, really specific thing that, again, you know, for large companies, maybe at some point it would have been a request, maybe it would have been on a roadmap, but who knows how long it would have uh, taken sure. to build that. Yeah. But yeah, you get these two entrepreneurs, they do it, and if a customer has that specific challenge, wow, there's a solution just for it. Um, you know, again, I know all these different software apps, you know, it's, it's certainly challenging to yeah. navigate that landscape, but, but there's definitely an upside to it of man, pretty much whatever challenge you have <laughs> in the marketing world, you know, there's, there's, there's someone who's solving it. Uh, you know, how do you find them? <laughs> yeah. Well, let, let's talk about uh, another challenge which the open ecosystem raises, which is that something I've heard this year from Salesforce, Adobe, Oracle, SAP, is what they're trying to do is establish a unified customer profile right across their suites. And in some ways, it shouldn't have come as a surprise, but in some ways, I could feel people saying, what, you really couldn't do that? This is something you still have yet to do? But it seems that as they've built the suites through acquisitions and integrations, and as you say, bringing in these third-party applications, somewhere along the road, someone said, wait, we've got to know what's happening with that single customer in all the parts of the suite. And that seems to be a major undertaking. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny, uh, having now been kicking around this industry for decades, um, <laughs> you know, this, this sort of uh, holy grail of, you know, like the unified 360 yeah. customer view, it, it keeps coming back. Um, but I think this time we're, we have a better chance than ever. Um, and it's interesting, like, the challenge you can imagine for a large company that has acquired a portfolio of different apps that we just designed differently, like, 
the classic way in which you would create some sort of like unified database under those would be just a ridiculously hard engineering challenge because you'd have to like replatform you know all these different pieces uh, it'll take forever you know in many ways this this uh, sort of CDP uh, concept of saying whoa well, what if we just had a central database and one of the features of this database is it's incredible incredibly open for how it exchanges data with all these other different systems. It's really designed to help manage things around synchronization, you know, uh, uh, data data management for, you know, cleansing, deduplication, like identity resolution, you know, have this, and then just let it talk to all these different systems. As it turns out, this kind of solves the problem both inside companies' portfolios and in their broader ecosystem. In the broader ecosystem, it's great to be able to say, hey, listen, whatever third-party app you plug into our platform, one of the advantages of plugging into the platform is we're going to synchronize that data in some sort of you know, common uh, customer data foundation. Uh, but if you've also acquired a number of other apps in your portfolio, in some ways, you almost treat them as internal third-party apps that can also plug into uh, that infrastructure. Um, and so I actually think, yeah, this, you know, there's work to do to build these things out. Everyone's kind of in progress on the next yeah. iteration of this. Uh, but it's certainly technically feasible, and I feel like take this a few years out, man, the sort of data management across these ecosystems is going to be much better than it's ever been. That's it. It's interesting because I think when I started attending the marketing tech conferences, and not as long ago as you, but a few years, and everyone was talking about the unified view of the customer as if they were already there, but they really weren't, were they? <laughs> uh, marketing is a uh, class, and I would say probably marketing technology vendors uh, specifically, we're very aspirational. Right. Uh, like, <laughs> we see what's it. possible. We're going to make this happen. Um, you know. And again, if you look at the, the progress, I mean, again, like the platform ecosystems, it used to be, even just three years ago, that if you wanted to try and stitch these things together, it was yeah. almost impossible. Like a bunch of the apps just didn't even have APIs. The APIs they did have were very limited. There wasn't necessarily one piece of software that was raising its hand as the central air traffic control yeah. for this. Um, and so what's happened over the past few years, both the major platforms have opened up a lot more. They've created programs to be able to uh, uh, certify apps as like, yes, we can validate that this does integrate the proper way and it's got the, you know, respecting the proper scopes of data and permissions, you know, all, all very helpful stuff that once you've got it, you kind of take it for granted. But like, again, three years ago, you couldn't take for granted. Um, so I think, uh, yeah, you start to get uh, that in place, and yeah, it's it's a lot easier to integrate now than it was then. But you know, aspirationally, like, boy, we can make it so much better yet. <laughs> so <laughs> you mentioned CDPs, which is a category which is, has become very prominent in recent months. I'm just wondering about the differences between CDPs and DMPs, and if the CDPs really taking off. Or it's a kind of place where, as you said, you can cleanse and manage your data, but you can also plug it into other systems. You can uh, get actionable insights, which you can very quickly uh, execute on. Does that make the DMP redundant? 
So it's interesting because I think you've got three <laughs> acronym alphabet soup. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are three things that are very closely related, right? There's CRMs, which right has yeah. really always been the foundational way we've thought of unifying customer data. Um, there was the DMP that was primarily designed around the ad tech uh, right. ecosystem. Yeah. It's really, you know, okay, well, before I actually have named identities of people, I just need to be able to manage, you know, touch points across, you know, different anonymous um, uh, channels. Um, and then, you know, the CDP was sort of like, oh, okay, well, there's a bunch of data that isn't in the CRM, um, and so we want to sort of augment, you know, our, our, our view of the customer there. And then, you know, the natural recognition that, oh, well, yes, when somebody becomes an identified individual, it'd be great to also connect any data we have on, yeah, what was their path with us in engagement Mm -hmm. before they actually became, you know, like a named account. Um, And so you saw this interface between DMPs and CDPs. I think if we set aside the labels, you're really looking at one thing. Right. You basically want one central database that is the source of truth, uh, you know, for customers, um, you know, even, you know, from their early stages before they become named accounts. Uh, and then once they do, um, you know, connect the dots. Um, I think just at the moment you happen to have a little bit of fragmentation that, okay, for the most part, you know, CRMs now have this very rich history of, you know, just the interface, uh, you know, in the, uh, in the business, um, uh, DMPs, their, their level of integration with the ad tech stack is still typically much deeper than what you see in a variety of CDP, you know, label vendors, but everyone's kind of converging this. So I wouldn't say it's like completely made it redundant yet, but again, if you play this out over a few years, I, I guess I'd be surprised if these three things didn't essentially all become yeah. the same system. Seems logical. Okay, just switching gear, let's move from software to human beings for once. <laughs> and, um, something I know you've seen uh, develop and something you, you've written about a lot is the professionalization, as you put it, of of marketing operations. In other words, it's become a career to be involved with all these systems and suites and solutions. Talk a little bit about what you've seen change there. Yeah, it is, um, again, one of the things that always amazes me about this space is just the speed at which change happens. Uh, I mean, to me, it seems forever, like five years ago, you know, when, you know, uh, like marketing technologists and, hey, should you have like a director of marketing technology, you know, and people would sort of look at you strangely like marketing technologists, this sounds like an oxymoron, um, you know, so it, uh, uh, it's kind of amazing that actually in just a relatively short period of time, you now have pretty much every like, you know, CMO, head of marketing of a company of any size is like, oh yeah, you know, we've got either this person for marketing tech or marketing ops, like they consider it like a a fundamental piece of how their organization actually runs. Um, and so, yeah, you now have a professional marketing operations community. I think it's interesting because, again, like the term marketing operations has been around for decades. Mm-hmm. But uh, there was a fellow from Serious Decisions who had once said something like it was it was the island of misfit toys. It was like all the sort of, you know, like random little, yeah, who's yeah. going to do this report? Who's going to synchronize these spreadsheets? You know, you know, and it was helpful. 
but it wasn't really considered strategic, you know, to how marketing operated, you know, and as marketing technology, you know, these stacks, and not just the technology, but then how do you govern uh, and enable the stack throughout the rest of the marketing organization? This has become a really critical function. Uh, and so now you have these marketing ops leaders who, I mean, yeah. they have a seat at the, uh, you know, marketing executive table. Um, and again, and just, Five years, I think that's it's pretty cool to have seen like this whole profession like yeah. reinvented and emerge. And certainly, I mean, there are CMOs out there, of course, who have competence in this area, but not every CMO does. And increasingly, I'm finding when I sit down to interview a CMO at a conference, they often bring with them the person who actually runs the tools and actually understands them, implemented them. They're a really key part of the team. Yeah, it's that's uh, great. I. Um yeah, I, I just, I have a lot of respect for how marketing leaders have, quite frankly, as a class, I think adapted really well to this disruption that's happened in like, what is marketing and how yeah. do you manage, what are the requirements of it? I mean, it's hard for me to, I mean, I know every profession is going through changes, when I look at the changes that you know marketing leaders have had to absorb, you know, in these past few years, I know they always feel behind. I know it's you know always a struggle, but man, my goodness, the the progression, the achievement is pretty impressive. Well, I, mean, I feel like it's back, an Olympic yeah. sport. <laughs> it, it, the change is enormous when you step back and take a long view. Yeah. Incredible. Well, let's, just to finish up, I have to ask you about about the landscape. Um, growing and growing, over 7,000 uh, companies on there. And I have had people say to me recently, this is iconic, it's legendary, we love it, but we just can't read it anymore. <laughs> Are you going to carry on with it, or will, will there come a point at which you, it's just too much? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, so, I've never, f let me put it this way, I think the only thing I've felt that that landscape was valuable for was frankly sparking conversation mm -hmm. uh, because I kind of feel like again the change that was happening here in many ways it was kind of invisible um, I mean you felt like all these different technologies but I mean like until you actually step back and you look at it you're like wait really are you kidding me um, you know and that then sparked a lot of really important conversations I mean it's part of what sparked the conversation of the you know major platforms to really yeah. embrace becoming like open platforms because you could like look at this and see like all right wow this is the scope uh, I think it helped inspired uh, you know the speed by which marketing operations and marketing tech has become professionalized um, so to the degree that that helped trigger any of those conversations I think it was helpful but like beyond that it's yeah I mean it's a massive logo I just you know so. Um, we kept doing it because every year it felt like it still kept triggering those conversations. Yep. Um, but I agree with you 100% as far as like utility. <laughs> um, yeah, there's basically zero utility there. So yeah. I, I don't know. We'll have to think about I, I don't how have it, it might evolve. I don't have it pinned to the wall anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> I, my doctor for the, uh, you know, eyeglasses has it on the wall. <laughs> right. yeah. Can you still read this, Scott? No. <laughs> Uh, Scott, it's always delightful to talk to you. Um, right, right at the beginning of Inbounds, it'll be a great week. Thanks very much for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me.